0: Hello and welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build a profitable property portfolio that completely aligns with their goals. Now, doors to that are closed right now, but I have something for you that if you haven't downloaded it yet, you need to get your hands on it. And it's my property investment success formula. Now you can get that by heading over to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart. That's ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart. Pop your name and your email address in and I will email you the success formula. Honestly, it's something that you need to print out, put it in a frame, hang it on your wall and follow it every single time you get stuck with your property investment journey. So that email address again is ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart. Go and get yours now. So what are we doing this week? Well, I have to tell you one thing to start off with. I am recording three podcasts in advance. Usually we do two at once, but this time we're doing three because I am going on my honeymoon with Chris. So we're going away from the 14th of September right the way through to the 29th of September. We're going on a bit of a road trip. Uh, We're going to be driving all the way down to New Orleans, up to Memphis, back to Nashville, probably stopping somewhere on the way home, and then we will be back in New York then I'm in New York for a week and then I'm coming back to the UK. So it's a whirlwind month and by the time you're listening, we will be in New Orleans, although we're going to take two days, maybe three days actually, three days to get down there. The first night we're stopping um, in Mountain City, Tennessee. The second night, Chris wants to go to an NFL game. So he is going to, we're going to stop in Atlanta and he is going to go to the NFL. So that's what we've got planned, which is why I am recording three podcasts all at once. And Chris was like, Natasha, you are absolutely not working on our honeymoon. I know you like to work all the time. I know you'd like to be connected. He's like, I will limit you to an hour of emails every day. Apart from that, enjoy your time. I tend to agree with him even though I was a bit like need to get everything done but I have been being very organized over the last couple of weeks and scheduling everything and making sure that there's great content going out and making sure that my projects actually are doing incredibly well. We've almost finished the architecture plans and the architect's designs and drawings for 341 New York Avenue in New Jersey uh on friday i saw some of the finalized plans that we have been through which means that once we've got permission to dig down into the basement just a little bit more we can get going now As I've said, or if you don't remember that I said, we have tenants on the second floor who have been paying us for a couple of months rent. So they will move out at the end of October. So what we will try and do is get the basement started because there's a floor in between the the basement and the second floor, so that there's not as much noise going on for the second floor tenants as they move out, then we will get started on the whole of the project hopefully speed things up ready for April when we will start putting them on the market. They'll almost be done aiming to be sold in the summer next year. So that's quite exciting. And if you're not on my mailing list, you won't have seen the plans, but I have been sending the plans around Um, to show you what we've been doing, because I think it's quite exciting when you're following it along and you see it in those early stages where you've just got a blank canvas, you've got the team starting to work, and you've got ideas and you're thinking, hey, what is the most we can get out of this space? And just a little bit of a guilty pleasure from my end. I love watching Million Dollar Listening. If you don't watch it then you won't know what I'm talking about but the high-end finishes that they put in those properties are exactly what we're going to be looking at putting in the New York Avenue property because it looks beautiful and of course as this buyer what would you rather buy if it's going to be your home you'd rather buy something that looks absolutely gorgeous been furnished really well well we're just going to be staging it but they will then get the uh, get the idea of what we're going to be doing with it but you would rather buy a gorgeous property that you could live in for a couple of years and then remodel at the time when you've decided that that your tastes have changed. And so that's what we're aiming to do, make it look uh, gorgeous and like you could just bring your suitcase and move in. So if you can also check out my Instagram because I'm putting a lot of photos over there about it and that's at Natasha C. Collins, that's my Instagram handle. Go over there and take a look at what's, We've been doing what's been going on and as I get new things like through, I update you with the pictures and the plans and all of that great stuff. The sort of thing that as a property investor, the minute you've bought a property and you get your hands on it, it gets super exciting. Like, that's my favorite bit, the plan, the design. I know that the minute we start developing, that's it. It gets a little bit more boring until we start looking at the uh, internal furnishings. So <laughs> that's fine. I'm going away when i come back we should be ready to start having a look at all of the beautiful bits and pieces that come with interior design in a property so very excited for that um if you remember i also had the bungalow project going on in bath we've rented that out that property is rented so any project that we do now will be waiting until march next year to do that so great feasibility analysis they're deciding on what would work for this property and what wouldn't work and getting tenants in now so we can raise a little bit more cash and then we'll do it once the tenants move out because they only want a short-term tenancy. So those are the updates on my projects. Quite a bit's been going on actually and for August, considering we're only now in the first week of September, for August, my gosh, you've got loads done. So great, we're moving in the right direction. Another thing I just wanted to touch on, on Saturday... Chris and I went to the uh, the US Open tennis women's finals game. And as far as motivation goes, if you want to see people who are just unbelievably at the top of their game and they've got the mindset to win, Bianca Andreescu and Serena Williams, my gosh, I, I was just in awe watching the game. Now, here's the thing that got me there was a certain point in the game where Bianca was on her first match point and wow she lost that one but you saw something switch in her just switch it was like she actually at that point had nothing to lose she had proved herself she wasn't going to be losing this match uh with zero zero games she was there she was fighting for it and the crowd were cheering on Serena and at that point she'd just she'd become the underdog because it looked like Serena had almost cracked her because the pressure from the crowd the home support that Serena was getting was just phenomenal and then Bianca just fought fought, fought, fought. And you know, you can see it in someone when you see the fact that, do you know what? In this situation, I have absolutely nothing to lose, nothing. And she went for it and she won the match, which, as I've said, is a huge inspiration for the want, the need, the requirement to develop a mindset that is just unshakable. And Couple that with the fact that Serena very graciously went over, congratulated her and made sure that she was okay and celebrated the fact that she's she's a winner. My gosh, like the pair of them, this US... Open has just been phenomenal for women supporting women. There's been so many moments where I've kind of sat there and been like, I've had tears in my eyes going, yes, this is what women in sport is all about. So if you've not seen that and you want an idea of how to get that mindset, even in the most difficult of times, go watch that match. Because there was nothing coming into that match that said Bianca should have won. Yes, she'd had a brilliant, brilliant tournament, But on paper Serena has far more experience of overcoming that and I was just in awe. Now I didn't mind who was going to win and the pair of them are just phenomenal but it was a very 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 inspiring match to watch so I'm so glad that we got tickets to go and see that. Right main topic of today is a source of contention over in my Facebook group. And I see you all. The minute I posted about this particular thing, the group blew up. I had 50 comments so, so quickly. So, so, so quickly. So I love that it's a really engaged group, but there's a huge amount of debate and there's also a huge amount of anger around this. Now, just... Before I jump in, at the point of rec- recording this podcast, no general election in the UK has been called. If this changes, which, yeah, it prob- it could do over the next week, even though um, Parliament's been suspended, I- I'm sorry if this goes out of date very quickly, but we do need to discuss what's been going on and the fear that landlords and property investors are experiencing right now. So if you've not read about this, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the Labour Party, has come out and suggested that if he were to get into power, he would force landlords to sell their homes at reasonable prices to tenants. So that would not be full market value. That would be a reasonable price. Now, this would come under a right to buy scheme. It's a twist on Margaret Thatcher's policy of allowing council tenants to buy their homes in the 1980s. And we saw how that went down where... I mean, great for council tenants. If they'd been living in their homes for a certain amount of time, they got to buy the property at a reduced rate. What has then happened is after their hold period came to an end, they'd flip that on and sell that for a phenomenal amount of money. And these are properties that were in some of the most prestigious locations around the country. And there's uproar for that. But hey, that's what happened. Property prices went through the roof for some of these, these properties. And so within a couple of years, some people who owned these council houses, who'd bought them, and they were living in some parts of London, were automatic millionaires. Within a couple of years, they went from almost having nothing to to having millions of pounds because of the value of their properties. Now, rightly or wrongly, that's happened. But this new suggestion that landlords should be made to sell their properties to tenants is scaring the hell out of property investors and landlords. And it is this thing of reasonable price, which is causing a lot of concern. So let's think about this pragmatically. Let's just take a step back because I want to throw my or in hearing, give my suggestions, thinking about it from a reasonable point of view, not thinking that at any point my tenant is about to buy a property off of me for below market value. So to start off with, nothing, nothing at all has been said about what reasonable value is. So whether that is reasonable to what a tenant is earning, reasonable to what they can get mortgage wise, reasonable to what their rent is, I have no idea. So I cannot define what reasonable is. I don't think Jeremy Corbyn can define what reasonable is. He certainly doesn't seem to have a grip on these kind of things, but he is throwing this stuff around here to get a vote. Please, please, at this stage, we have to remember the tactics behind this. Jeremy Corbyn is very pro making sure that there is equality for everybody. And that equality means that everybody pretty much has the same ownership, right? So he he would, if he could, just give one person one house each. I mean, the only way to make that fair is if every single person had the same size property with the same number of bedrooms, and that could never be modified. But we'll get to, in fact, I'm not going to get to that because it's not ever going to happen. Great, JC, you have a very interesting way of thinking, but we do not live in that kind of a society. Whilst there is a market for property, the market is going to change heads up, you've been living in it for a long time, come on, (laughs) like I can't, I don't know what he does at night, maybe he just sits down, he's like, hmm, how do I break the market? But he doesn't really, he's not really thought it through, so that is the first thing, whatever he says about there being equality in the market, unless he is actually planning on taking back everything, all the land, all the housing, and then divvying it out on a piecemeal basis so that everybody's got equal amounts. He is never, ever going to be able to really get a firm grip on the housing market because, as I've said, there's a market for it. Prices are going to go up. Prices are going to go down. And what he needs to then think is perhaps these tenants rather then complaining that they can't buy multi-million pound properties in the centre of London should go and actually have a look at areas that they can afford. Now, I don't know whose, why, whose idea thinks about this, but we all have been there. We all have been there. When I first bought a property in London, it's 350 square feet. It's nothing. It's tiny. So when I actually wanted to buy my first home, I went to Bath. Because I can afford Bath. Same as I know people who are renting in London but are buying in Manchester because that's where their hometown is or maybe they want to live there at some point. Other people are buying in Birmingham. Unfortunately, the market dictates what and how much a property is. Because you also know that if you start trying to reduce the market, the people who have got the most amount of money and they've got cash to buy these discounted properties with are going to sweep in and buy it at a discounted rate or they're going to start bidding each other up. So changing the prices of the market is not going to be helpful for those people trying to get on the property ladder. At the root of all of this, people need to be able to be taught how to handle their money and save for that first time purchase. It's kind of as simple as that really. And I can, I've seen it. There's a 100% products in our market. Someone tell me how someone can't afford to buy a house with a 100% product. Like I don't, the whole thing is crazy. Maybe it's because they're not earning enough, in which case they need to look at a different location. But the only way that you can get a control over the market really is to make sure that you're either helping people onto the property ladder with access to finance or access to help and support or even, I don't know, cheaper conveyancing fees. I mean, imagine Jeremy Corbyn, if you made it that there was no cost at all to the buyer for the first time purchase. But the other thing is, is that buying a property really should have barriers to entry because if you're not good with money, how on earth are you gonna manage a mortgage of that size? There's a lot of responsibility that comes with having a loan of a couple of a hundred thousand pounds that you don't just ignore the fact that that happens every single month you regardless have to find a way of paying that because otherwise they'll come and repossess your home there's something not right about this new policy at all and I think we need to he definitely needs to take a step back and think Is this the right way of controlling the housing market? Is this actually what people need? Yes. Those who shout the loudest about never being able to get on the property ladder, get his attention because there would be voters. And if you remember, we are probably going to be having a general election sometime in the next couple of months. And he is going to be wanting to go out and get as many of those type of voters as possible because hey if you are promising someone a really easy ride I mean what is this get rich quick into buying your first property yeah potentially the sort of thing that he's looking at stamping out um then these people are going to vote for him and ultimately what are we going to be looking at voting for either a Jeremy Corbyn government or maybe a conservative party that wants to leave the EU with a no-deal Brexit. Yeah, these are our two options. So he's going to be capitalising on giving the people that would vote for him an easier life and taking from the rich and giving to the poor. In theory, that's a great idea. But you need to make sure that those people can sustain what it is that you're giving them. Otherwise, they end up back in the same situation. Okay, there's my thoughts on the fact that I don't think he can control the the property market. but I'm sure he will give it a good try, but taking a step even further back, even further back, and I'm going to put my Chartered Surveyor hat on and take off my um, ranting, I don't think you can control the the housing market, (laughs) Natasha. So as a Chartered Surveyor, I have to question the valuation of reasonable price. Now, the reason is, Because if you think about our council tax at the moment in the UK, we are valued off bans from property values from 1991. So your council tax is based off of the value of your property back in 1991. Because the government cannot agree on what the next best value should be and it take for them to go out and re-rate every single home in the UK? So that's number one right that valuation they also want to change but they have never ever found a good solution that changes what we've already got. Number two is the same for business rates. Our business rates at the moment are based upon 2010 values although I think the 2017 values have started coming in. But have you seen the damage that that's doing to our high street? Business rates are now roughly about 50% of the rent that retailers pay or office units pay. It is extortionate to own a physical retail premises or a physical office premises or a commercial space at the moment because of how high business rates are. So the fact that people aren't even going into retail shops and making retailers go, well, do you know what? We're not getting the trade. I can't prop up the cost of using this shop and definitely cannot prop up the cost of business rates. So I'm out. I give that unit back to landlords. And again, the government have been trying for years, years and years and years to change the system around that. But the first thing is, well, they don't have enough staff to go out and re-rate all these premises. Secondly, they have no idea what makes a better system for re-rating business rates. So that's the second valuation that they just can't agree on. And again, that's been going on for years. And number three, at the moment, there's also consultations going on about how much it should cost to either extend the lease on your current leasehold property or buy out the freehold. Because they think that the current system of valuation, which is actually very methodical, there's a actual calculation for how much it should cost you to buy out the freehold or extend the lease. So uh, residential surveyors would know this better than me. I don't get involved with this as much, but there is an actual... um graph which shows you what discount rate to put on top of the value of a property to make sure that you're paying the freeholder the right amount of money. Yes it's complicated but there's already a system in place and they are still trying to argue, the Ministry of Housing are trying to argue that that's not a fair system. Even though it is set out in black and white they're saying actually we need a different valuation. Now that's been going on since around 2017 and I have seen no sensible solutions I don't think anything anybody's put a sensible solution on this even the law society got involved and I think it was 10 times the amount of your ground rent and people were up in arms because well freeholders are up in arms because ground rent for a lot of people is a peppercorn 10 times a peppercorn (laughs) it's not market value (laughs) so what I'm saying is all of these values that they've been trying to come up with for years and years and years they've still not got through so Jeremy Corbyn thinking that he can put up he can put change reasonable value and put a set figure on it I don't think he would get through in the course of his life in the course of his uh, prime minister tenure PM tenure maybe. I think that actually, what we will find is that it will be a good idea in principle. But what we know within the property industry is all the time that those with the deepest pockets win. And so reasonable value, if that falls below market value, and that falls below, um, it falls below the amount that you even got mortgaged, banks are going to be up in arms, because that means that, landlords won't be able to pay off their mortgages. So actually, they'll still have a mortgage debt, even though they don't have a property. Does that mean that the bank still has a charge over the property? Well, we don't know that. So what I can say to you is as much as this might be something that Jeremy Corbyn tries to put in place, number one, at the time of this podcast, I don't know that he's there's even going to be a general election. But number two, Even if there is a general election and Jeremy Corbyn gets into power with his Labour government, he's going to have to sort out Brexit first. And then if he wants to start on this, well, there's going to be shed loads of bureaucracy that he's going to have to jump through. And by that time, we'll probably be out the other side of his Labour leadership. So I don't think we need to be getting up in arms yet. Because also, what valuation does reasonable value mean? It's definitely not market value. But the only thing that actually is true value is going out to the market, marketing your property and making sure that it's been advertised correctly. And then, as we know from markets, the buyer will come in, place an offer, and if it's accepted, well, that becomes a new market value. And actually, that's the fairest way of doing it. And as for first time buyers or tenants who want to get on the property ladder, You really have to educate yourself about how much it costs to get on the property ladder. And number two, go out there, speak to mortgage brokers, try and get yourself a mortgage product, figure out how much of a deposit you need, then start planning what area you can buy in. That is the system. Unfortunately, nobody comes along, chucks money at you and tells you that you can own land for nothing. It doesn't work like that. It never has. So we need to be realistic about what actually is going to happen and as far as I can see looking forward in the immediate future this probably isn't going to be a reality. Now at some point maybe if they can come up with reasonable value and everybody agrees with it but as I've said those landowners who think that they're going to lose any money on this whatsoever will start fighting and There's 2.6 million landlords in the UK. You can bet your bottom dollar that we'll all get behind it as well. That's a lot of people to argue against. In fact, that's a lot of the voting public (laughs) to argue against. So we will see what happens. And after all, you all Remember, back in April, they said that they were abolishing Section 21 notices. That's never come up again. We don't even have a date of when that's going to happen. At the moment. Government can barely remember what happened last week. So I'll leave you with that thought. No panicking just yet. We are yet to see what's going to happen. We don't even know if Jeremy Corbyn will get into power. But I don't want you losing sleep over this. There is nothing that we can do up until the point that something concrete is put in place. And right now, it's only newspaper headlines. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope it's given you some food for thought. And I hope it's kind of relieved some anxiety around this because you shouldn't be panicking just yet. As I said, when we've got concrete evidence, we'll start figuring out a solution at that point. Right, have a good week, everybody. And I will catch up with you again soon.